Hi guys and welcome back to the first episode of 2021, The Amazing Nursing Hanover. <laughs> Your favourite girls are back, we're in another year, hopefully back and we're better. Things are going to be popping off, we've got so much planned for this year, we can't wait for you guys to truly enjoy. Trust me, new year, new conversations, new guests, new surprises. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, a lot in store. Happy New Year, guys. Well, <laughs> we've kind of just got... <laughs> I don't know how happy that New Year is, but hey, we're here. <laughs> we're here, we're back. But it seems like we've gone into 2021 with a bang. As you all probably know, we, are, we have entered a national lockdown for the third time. So I'm guessing you said this is tier five? Yeah. So we're now in tier five, guys. Let's just say we'll be released at tier 10. We won't be released at tier 10. At tier 10, we can't even send text messages. But anyway, here we are. But on the plus side, you know, we're happy, we're thankful, we have life. We've been able to celebrate Christmas and New Year's with our loved ones and enjoy the time. I can only hope that it's been the same for you guys enjoying the festive periods and if you are working, I hope you guys remain safe and remain looking after your patients, yourselves, whoever. And if you were off, like Diana and I, we hope that you kicked back and got merry and enjoyed your time off. Mm-hmm. So girl, how are you? How's 2021 looking for you so far? Well, I'm in isolation because COVID visited my house. So <laughs> I'm just, yeah, in isolation, basically trying to to keep busy trying to do what I can mm. in the best way possible um yeah I kind of just feel like I I tend to like the new year because I definitely feel rejuvenated and I feel like it's a chance to to start again yeah um I am hopeful for the year and I think I have to cling on to something yeah um it's not all doom and gloom we are alive we have made it to this point and mm-hmm. so many haven't and I think that's a big takeaway from last year and entering this one is that we're still here mm-hmm. to live another day. Um, Definitely. I'm looking forward to the fact this will be the year I finish my course. Amen. Um, and there's also like just so many other stuff in store. So I'm all right. Like I'm tired and I'm exhausted, but in myself, like I'm fine. I'm, I'm right. glad. How are you finding isolation? Because I've spoken to other people who have been in isolation for some, it's been, they've been climbing the walls some have found time quite useful it depends really I mean I'm quite fortunate that our family home is a big house so we have a lot mm. of space um I think if we were in a flat with uh, when we couldn't separate ourselves in the home it'd be very difficult Fair. um there's internet there's tv there's netflix there's a lot of things you can do you can read so in a way isolation is not bad because everything outside is, is shut so you're not missing anything yeah so there's nothing to tempt you. If the world was still moving and you were stuck in the house, then I think it would be feeling a lot different. Yeah, because I think for me, that's like the FOMO I have. And for those that know what FOMO means, is the fear of missing out. So if everything was open, I'd be, it'd probably be killing me 10 times more. Yeah, so you don't, I'm not missing much. I mean, I, I'm looking forward to going back to work. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to go back to work. And because um, I am an essential worker, I don't stop going to work. So at least yeah. I know that my routine will go back to as mm. it was, which I can't wait for. No, that's good. Essentially. Yeah. 
But um, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. We've had a few celebrations recently, which has been quite nice. Um, but yeah, coming back, starting starting school nursing again. I can't lie. I just wanted to stay in my bed mm. and pretend like I had another week of school holidays. But no, we've been back dealing with safeguarding <clears throat> um, and a few other things. But no, I'm, I'm all right. Just like you, Diane, I'm a bit tired today, but... Yeah, it's almost like it is what it is. Like, Yeah. I find we've, like, of, we've lived this life for a year already. I honestly, feel like we're, we're accustomed to what this is now. Definitely. And I've been working from home all week and I'm not in isolation, but I still feel like I'm stuck indoors. And I find myself working past my normal working hours mm. because I just don't know how to switch off. You can't almost. And then you find that you're always staring at a screen yeah so i'm i think i'm really struggling on breaking that barrier and taking regular breaks because like by the time it got to like 5 p.m i went to pull my hair out yeah it's it's being able to step away from the computer and just not look at it yeah because i just i'm i think i'm still adjusting because i'm still quite i still i think i'm quite still quite new to the community setting and you know when you come from somewhere so acute i've yeah. never had the inverted commas luxury of working from home so Mm. I feel like there's so much I have to do and I have to prove in a day whereas I'm probably I wouldn't say overworking but I'm this I'm stressing myself out that I don't need to be stressed about that makes sense yeah it's probably more than you think you're doing probably more because you want to give you you want them to see that I am not just lounging about and doing work yeah so apart from that I'm okay it's just a bit of pants that, you know, everything is shut. So don't get me wrong. I'm happy that schools are shut in terms of the transmission of yeah. the virus. But it's making my job 10 times harder because parents now have a choice. If, if their children are classes vulnerable, they have a choice whether they send their children to school or not. So in terms of, like, seeing these kids in school and completing health assessments, it's going to get quite difficult. But apart from that, it's it's okay. It's okay. I'm happy. I'm enjoying it. Still quite new. Getting all my experiences. I just think coronavirus is ruining our lives. And there's just not much else to it. Like you said, we've been doing this for nearly a year. Yeah. By the time this national lockdown ends, it will be a year. So do we think this is going to end in February? I personally don't. I think I think February is very ambitious, and I think it's okay. a it's a, a throwaway month. You're just trying to give people hope that you know is not true the truth. And I think at this point, where everybody's very tired, mm-hmm. and we'd rather just be told the truth that okay, it's going to take this long to do all of these things, and yeah. so expect it to be in September or expect it to be in August or be realistic because at the end of the day people are going to get to the point where people aren't people are not coping now yeah um they're not you know we have suicide on the up we have depression on the up we have anxiety on the up we have domestic violence on the yeah up. um people are not coping they're not managing i can't lie saying that boris's speech on monday that yeah. you need to leave your house if you are suffering from domestic abuse you think him just telling me would make me leave if I was that's the thing like it's all good and well saying it but there's so much more going 
going on that you can't just say these things and be like you you can leave yeah there's so much more to it but boy here we are 2021 and you know we're back in lockdown four days what what was it yeah four days back in to the new year mm-hmm. and boris has finally shut us down again yeah i mean he should never have locked he should never have unlocked the country to begin with because he never had a, sh- a good contingency plan that's just my personal opinion mm-hmm. and if i'm honest with you the lockdowns they don't work they're not working if we keep having to do them they don't work yeah because you lock us down and the society stops everything stops the rates go down you reopen society and the rates go up again so where do you strike a balance what's the right thing to do and what do we think yeah and what do we think is going to be correct like from the last the last lock oh, I can't speak from the last national lockdown in November that ended in December we were put into tier systems but the tier systems from town to town changes so exactly. for example it's like saying London's in tier three but Essex is in tier two and people then, will mix um, no, across but, the no, borders no, but think about it you can be living in in tier two and your child goes to school in tier three then what? So, yeah then what happens or you work in tier two or tier three tier four whatever so what happens then it's it's <laughs> it's, it's just it's it's one of those things where i look at london and i feel like embarrassed because i feel like other countries haven't suffered the way we have suffered other yeah, countries are handling a first this. world we're supposed to be a first world country of all the exactly all the money and all the wealth but we're, we the are. Most, but we're the most stupid that's how it looks like to me we're the most dumbest country because like in the summer and other times we were hearing about other countries what was happening there we were kind of following china in like how things were progressing the chinese are raving again if i'm correct but i They've don't trust got... china fair each to their own i feel like they could do a cover-up really easily and make it look as if everything is is quay when it's not that's um, fair but even still, we were still following like the rest of Europe. We don't hear numbers about anywhere now. No. All we're hearing is how bad we are here. Yeah. And, you know, how the situation's getting worse. We now have a new variant that has been... Where else was it? Was it found it, in South Africa? It came Africa? from South Africa. It... That's what they claim. I just think the UK is point in blame. But even still, with that, so many countries have said no to the Brits. But then my, my issue is if you've now attached the variant to a country, then why are people coming into the country and they're not being tested? Exactly. You have, you're not tested. controlling anything at the border. So how, how do you know you're not going to have more variants enter? Our borders have remained open throughout the whole pandemic. Other countries have shut it down and, as we've seen, have had a better outcome with COVID-19 than we have yeah it's just i mean mean, we're a big we're a big country so let's be also take that with 66 million population so it's a lot of people in this country Mm -hmm. and i think that's what frustrates people when we get compared to new zealand because i think they're like seven million like it's it's not a lot of people so of course there's there's a difference but still the handling of the situation that's what we need to be looking at if i'm honest how you know let's 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 talk about school for example mm-hmm. you know how many teachers how many unions have been campaigning for the longest time saying it's not safe for our kids to, us to be in school you know this is the, the person that Boris turned around and said it's safe for them to go to school but then in the speech then said it's not safe 
Yeah, and within 24 yeah. hours, can I can I just add within 24 hours? Because as of Sunday, he did the. I just want to make sure I get this guy's name. The Andrew Marr show on BBC, where he stated it was safe for for our children to go to schools. And then 24 hours later, my guy was saying, you know, national lockdown. It's unsafe for our children to go to schools with a high transmission. Isn't this what we were saying beforehand? When the schools in like Greenwich, Islington, a few other boroughs wanted to close schools down because their rates were just increasing. Yeah. It's just, it's just such poor management. And my issue is, is how can we trust anything that you say? We can't. You sit on a news conference and tell people February half term, and then you come and say, oh, now it's March. Just tell us it's September and call it a day. Just be realistic from the jump because we are tired. We have had enough. The hospitals are tired. The public are tired. People are done. They're frustrated. Definitely. But with that being said, we have a whole list of things to discuss with you guys. And we'd love to, again, as always, we'd love to hear your feedback on these cases and situations and life, really. So I'm not sure if we discussed it on our last episode, but anyway, it's been it's been some weeks now since our last episode. So as of this week, both vaccines, the Pfizer and the Oxford vaccine, have been rolled out. People have started getting both, not, not as in taking one and then the other, but they've started issuing out the Pfizer vaccine and the Oxford vaccine. So I'm guessing Boris is kind of hoping that within this time he's going to be able to vaccinate the entire country, which we all know is still not going to happen. Mm. Um. But talking to a few of my colleagues, I think just because everyone really wants this to somewhat end, people are just like, I'm taking it because I want my life back. Again, it's entirely up to you whether you take it. The The views that me and Diane share are of me and Diane. Yeah. So they're not saying you shouldn't take it or you should take it. I think it's entirely up to you, depending on your own health conditions and your own research. Because there's been a lot of false information that has been put onto social media and all sorts. And that's where people are taking their own research from. So I think you need to go and look and search yourselves whether you want to take this vaccine or not and truly look into it. But I just think that by February half term or March, we're still not going to have immunised enough people for Somewhat. No, it's it's very advantageous, and it's a bit stupid to give a ballpark month when you know you can't do it. You can't. You haven't done it now. Like, look at the flu vaccine. How many times do we? Does that comes around every year, and still not enough people are vaccinated against flu. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. I mean, the only way they can do it is if you see that. So, the only way they can do it is if they were doing it twenty four hours a day. Yeah, and people are going in to it like out like people going in constantly that's the only way of being able to do it but saying that i think if i think the amount of people that want the vaccine if they were doing it 24 hours a day it would be more feasible like if they want to vaccinate people as quick like you said if they want to vaccinate people as quickly and as fast as possible why are we not having these 24 hour turnarounds it, it's, really, it doesn't have to be a nurse or a doctor no. Or a trained HCA to give injections. As long as you're trained to, to immunise, you can do it. That's the thing. 
and a lot of people from what I've seen on a lot of pages and um, professional pages mm-hmm. have said I've signed up I've done the training but no one's called me no one's called me to come and do it no one has asked me to come so people are putting themselves out there people are volunteering but mm-hmm. from what I think there isn't enough vaccine to give which is why they haven't called out the, vo- the volunteers yeah that's genuinely my feeling there isn't enough of the vaccine they want to give a certain amount but they don't have enough locally on the ground to give which again comes back to Boris saying that by February he wants to have immunized you know the whole of the UK how is that possible when you yourself know you haven't got that many vaccines and it will be a first come first serve basis like yes initially it was mainly for the high risk but the high risk are being called alongside you know healthcare professionals and all sorts and other people but how again how quickly can this manifest Boy, 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 boy. It's, it's, one, it's one of those things none of us will ever really understand the processes mm-hmm. and, the, and the decision making that is made by SAGE or made by Boris and the Cabinet and all these groups that they have within themselves. Um, what frustrates me is that we are all suffering for it. We're paying mm-hmm. a very, very heavy price, not just physically, but emotionally and mentally. It's really um, taking its toil because, like, I can only imagine what it's been like for some people who have been working at home, working from home from March. Yeah, I mean, you've you're basically not had any socialisation yeah. with, with people for a long time. You then have healthcare, which is on its knees before COVID even happened, and now it's basically about to die. Um, you have people who cannot have the births they want because there's not enough ambulances to come out to them if they need them. Um, mm. you have different trusts having different rules for birth partners or not birth, or not having birth partners which is very confusing yeah you have children who are missing out on the formative years of their life in terms of socialisation because they don't see anybody um, and then I you just, have children who have no exams no grading or stuff so they're honestly, just up. I so, think I really feel for those kids because you have worked so hard to get to where you are and then all of a sudden they've said, oh, don't worry about it. You won't be sitting exams. This, it's just like, I, I actually think the next 10 years of this society, I don't know what's going to happen to it because this, we are, these children are the future and they're going to be the one picking up the pieces of all of these bad decisions and all of this mess. It's going to be them. Exactly. Um, and I don't, I don't, I don't begrudge them if they decide they don't want to live here or they move countries or they explore different avenues that don't do with London or England. I don't blame them. Because I just think, for example, like the children or the young people, sorry, who are doing their A-levels, going to uni, I think it's such a slap in the face that you've worked so hard to sit those Mm -hmm. exams and someone to say, oh, you know what, it's just down to your teacher. It's going to be the things like underlining your books and is your handwriting neat enough that's going to determine whether you go to uni instead of you sitting the test and proving your worth mm. i just think it's a it's a joke just with but everything but else england is england is a joke now i'm sorry we're like the laughing stock of the world over here Where? saying that like the laughing stock of the world here we are again with our new variant with our new variants that has apparently come from south africa but yet has been found here yeah. So with that being said, like if I'm if I'm not correct, if not all of Europe, but like 
80% of Europe has now closed their borders to the UK, to UK, well, to the UK. So unless yeah. you have your own citizenship in those countries, you're not going anywhere in Europe. No. Which, but yeah, we can't, a- but we can't close. And I don't we, know why. Well, the way, the way I see it is, again, anyone that's been following the news or watches and sees half of the UK is on holiday. Yeah. That's, that's, that's how unserious the government we have is. Half of the UK, we were all sat in our homes and they told us only essential travel, but everyone now, every, half of the UK is on holiday right now. Let's put that out And there. where are they? They're in, they're in like the Middle East. They're all on holiday. So first of all, people can already travel how they want anyway. Mm-hmm. Th- there isn't anybody actually saying to you at the airport, so where are you going and why are you going there? And who's enforcing no. this? You're just letting people freely go to go and live their lives and do shakara abroad. Then people come back. They don't have to quarantine. They don't have to be tested for anything. Nothing. They just come back. No one stops them. No one asks them questions. So if people don't abide by those rules, they can be doing anywhere, doing anything, be exposed to anything, and they're going to bring it back into this country because they know you lot don't care enough. Exactly. Um, and to me, if you want to get a grip on these strains, in inverted commas, then you need to be tighter with your rules. All these draconian measures, don't punish us who are already stuck in house arrest. Punish the people that are coming in and out of the country. Because the way I see it is, who's coming to visit London? Everything's shut. You can't go shopping. You can't visit people. You can't even stay in a hotel because it's not for work. You can't stay in a hotel. Mm-hmm. So what are people doing in London? What? I don't get it. Business can be done on MS Teams and on Zoom. We you don't need to now physically see anybody. So what exactly are you doing with your borders open? When you're, basically, you've left your... You, you basically, as somebody said, you've locked the whole house but left the back door open. For everyone to still come through. And in so what, what does that mean then uh, yeah I mean yeah even that talking with the new variants and the new strains and people being on holiday we have just had the festive period and I want to say I'm 50% shocked 50% not shocked the amount of New Year's Eve parties that I've seen I had seen sorry and the amount that was shut down I just think don't get me wrong guys we are in this together. We are. We're all suffering. Why will we all go and make it worse to go and rave one night of the year and then, you know, a week later, suddenly you develop symptoms? Was it worth it? But the problem is, I think we have a lot of fake news. We have a lot of conspiracy theorists. We have a lot of people who have infiltrated other people. Yeah, I'm one person who has read so much stuff to the point that I've had to sit there and think, God, I don't know what to believe. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know if I should be questioning this, questioning that. So I'm the first one to say, yeah, like it's very easy to be taken in by certain things. And especially if you don't want to believe it's happening, Mm -hmm. because you want to take yourself out of the situation and look at it from the outside in. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, the numbers aren't lying. If you're hearing this capacities and all that kind of stuff and I guess for me I agree it's irresponsible to throw parties you know you're not going to be hand-washing everybody when they get in you're not all going to have masks on you're not all going to social distance you're there to drink and have a good time and turn up 
And when you turn up, do you have no concept of personal space because you're all exactly. up in other spaces. You're busting the wine, you're doing whatever, you're drinking. You're not thinking about any of those things. And that's exactly a hub for infection, a hub, a hub for the virus because, whoa, here we go. All these people exactly. here. Bam. And also, these places, how do you think they make the money? If you've ever been to a club or like a, some sort of bar, there's no air conditioning. There's purposely no air conditioning. You're crammed into a tight space so that you get hot and sweat and you have to buy drinks and stuff. So with all that's currently going on, would you purposely want to put yourself into such a situation? And then you're going to take all those germs that you've inhaled home. Well, and the thing is, you, you can't even identify where you got it from because there's so many of you in one place. Yeah. You can't say, oh, do you know what? I was sat right next to that person and they coughed and sneezed and spluttered and I think she gave me something. You don't even know because there's so many of you. Exactly. Um, and playing devil's advocate, yes, people are very frustrated. People are at a point where they're like, fuck it, basically. Like, can't be asked anymore mm-hmm. to listen. I can't be asked to, um, to follow the rules. But at the same time, it's, it's also, you have to think, you could you don't want you don't want to be sick and you can't go to hospital you don't want to watch your relative being really really unwell and they can't get the care that they need exactly would never forgive yourself if someone you knew died and you contributed to it because you exposed yourself um and i think those are very heavy things to put on someone but it's also the reality of the society that we live in at the moment Mm -hmm. is your health impacts everybody else's now it's no longer like it was two years ago where yeah. it doesn't matter what you did because it's, it's you, it's about you. But now everything you do is, is, a, is about everybody, exactly. unfortunately. And if um, you look at the family, if one of you has it, it makes it harder for the rest of the family. There's so many steps that have to be taken and all sorts to make sure that other people don't get it inside the home. Like, it's very stressful. I think, yeah. you know, us coming from like a healthcare background, it's quite ups- well. I don't know about you. I don't know personally for you. I can only speak to, speak for myself. For me, I find it quite upsetting and pretty much a slap in the face that you know I'm here literally breaking my back for you, and you're just gonna purposely go enjoy your life like there's no tomorrow. But then when you're now unwell and sick and need hospital treatment, where are you? You'll be back in A&E or you'll be back on the wards. You'll be, do you get what I it's, mean? It's, I, yeah, I do get it. It's, it's difficult because like, I get it in a sense of, gosh, like you don't really know the impact of what you're doing. Like, you, yeah. don't, you haven't comprehended that there's a knock-on effect to everything that you do. Um, and this just shows you society, people are selfish. Yeah. And we're, see, we're seeing that now. People, human beings are very selfish. They are, and people don't believe what's going on. Like, I'm not sure if you've read this article. I read this article recently that there was, I think it was New Year's Eve, there was a bunch of people chanting outside St. Thomas's because, you know, they think COVID's a hoax. Yeah. Well, it's it's the same as all these people that are recording hospital corridors and saying, look, the hospitals are empty, look, the ambulances are parked up. I haven't got sent a video today of it from a from a relative saying look look at all this like and i'm like well why would people be in the corridor they'll be on the ward which you can't and, get to exactly and you see in the hospital you see in the ambulances parked up they're parked up because they've got patients inside them they're not just going to park up and leave the doors open for everyone to see 
But not, but not even that though. The, the way I see it is, is why do you want to see the hospital in such crisis for you to believe that it's so bad? Or why do you want exactly. to have to go inside and see it? I mean, I'm, I'm at a point now where I'm like, put cameras in eye to you and have run a live stream. So I that people can see it. The way you have Big Brother and they have it on for 24 hours, do the same thing and put it in different ITUs and put it on TV. Because maybe you have to have tactics that shake people to a point mm-hmm. where they say, oh, wow, do you know what? I don't want to be in there. Exactly. Because as much as we talk about it, there's people that'll be like, oh, you guys just lie. It's just because you work here and you've seen, it's just more busy than normal. When really and truly, I look, look at the current state of the NHS. I don't know how much more it can bear it can't it's dead it's dead like like one of the doctors was saying today on there's a i'm sure everyone most people have seen it this little bbc for real that's going around from Mm. st george's hospital and as she said it you know ptsd from staff it's going to be out of this world through the roof who would who would want to nurse again after all that who would want to nurse who would who would want to be that doctor that has to go through this also like or the, whoever in that setting whether it's the cleaner receptionist ward clerk whoever up until the chief nurse he wants to be that person there's exactly. just so much to it and it really hurts my heart that people just don't believe in it however that's the world we live in today people want physical proof and evidence but we, we can't show you that because of, you know, our patients' rights. But like That's I said, Diane, I really wish I could take a video, video resus, video ITU, video all the PEDS wards that have been turned into adult COVID wards. And you can see, yeah. like, the hospitals are literally at the brink of collapse. I'm not sure about you, but like, I, get text, I get text messages from... Um, the bank team, the staff bank at work. And for those that who don't know what staff bank is, it's pretty much like agency, but for specific trusts. Um, saying that they've got shifts out for critical care, AD, all, all sorts of wards because there's no staff. Yeah, and I, and I actually think, um, if I'm going to play devil's advocate, it's, yes, the death toll is high, um, the infection rate has increased, but it was always going to increase mm-hmm. because it's London, it's a small city and people move around a lot and throughout the whole lockdown, many people haven't actually been in lockdown. Um, yeah. I, for one, have witnessed lockdowns one, two and three and I've seen roads busy and you ask yourself, are we really in lockdown? Because people are really outside. Moving Honestly? Up um, so to me, they've never been, they've never been draconian enough. Yeah. Um, if I expected it to be the army are going to be patrolling the streets. Then someone's going to stop you at the end of the road and ask where you're going. That's a an ask for proof. Like if you're a healthcare worker or, you know, you work in a hospital or a setting, you have to have an ID badge to prove where you're going. Yeah. Um, and if and not, you, you get, get, you get actual fines. But, you know, with it's, cuts it's, it's, being made, we can't it's, fund it's, things it's, like this. It's not real. Like, for example, I have a relative of mine who works in a supermarket. And she said to me, Diane, trust me, every week they're going to be in here because that's going to be the outing for them and the children. Exactly. So are you going to limit spread? Are you going to reduce? Like, so to me, to me, I hope the plan they've put in place works because <laughs> if not, I think people are going to riot. People are going to go mad. Like, and they won't be able to control people. And already from the New Year's parties that we've seen, 
and people traveling out of the country as and how they want. People, A, are trying to escape this environment, which is probably exactly. why they leave in the country. And the parties is rebellion. The parties, they're still having protests. They're just not as big as, you know, some of the protests we had last year. But then people are still protesting against, against COVID-19 and against wearing masks and protecting yourselves because they just don't think it's real. And like you said, people, the end result will be rioting because people are tired. Yeah. People have lost so much in the last year. Yeah, and they're still losing. People are still suffering. And when there is no end point, it's more demoralising. Because if you know, do you know what? By August 2021, life will be normal again. You have something to look forward to. You have something to work towards. You know that, yep, we just have to get to that point. But there's no end game here with this country. They they say one thing, they do another. Then they do another, and then they say another. And you, you understand people's frustration. You understand that people's mental health is so bad. Mm-hmm. It's, it, people are so stressed. You know, you have student nurses who don't even know where they're going to be. Am I going to be going to my, my actual placement or am I going to be deployed because they need help? You know? Honestly, and in lines with that, like redeployment is currently at rife. Like I've seen in my current job, some of my team members are being redeployed as early as next week to like ITU and A&Es and wherever the need is whether they have a peds back, background, adult background, learning disabilities, whatever type of nurse, they've been asked to come in because the nurses on those wards are either burnt out, unwell, or they're just, they're just unstaffed. I think that's my point as well, is the fact that the NHS probably would have been able to cope if it was at capacity, but it hasn't, it has not been. I think for the last 10 years, it hasn't been. Exactly. So there's also those challenges that we're also trying to face because if we had all hospitals open, even the ones that had been shut down were open, if wards were fully staffed, if people had the right PP from the very beginning, if you had in, if you had one-to-one nursing, then yeah, you might find that this wouldn't have been bad because you would have had a system in place that was already at its highest standard. Exactly. But if you have a system that's running on empty and then you throw a river at it, it's going to drown. You know, how can it refuel? It can't. It can't refuel. Exactly. So where do we go from here when half the teams are everywhere? And when the when people are being redeployed, it's not saying the actual workloads where they are is getting any easier. It's also getting harder. Yeah. So you're taking it's like you're I wouldn't I was gonna use the term terminology of you're robbing Peter to pay Paul. But you are. I was going to say exactly the same thing. You are. Because well, as you take from this side, they're now left struggling, but, but they need you more. And then, exactly. you're, then, you're having, then you're having to decide what service is more important. So they're more important than these ones. But then these ones over here, you start getting depressed and anxious and need mm-hmm. some mental health and then get sectioned. And then those kids are taken into care. Then those kids are in care and those kids get messed up. And then the cycle just continues because the primary route, like what you did in the beginning... You, you missed that window with them. Exactly. So it, it, it's, 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 so, it's annoying. It is all annoying. Um, and I think the way I see it is a lot of people look at it as those that don't see, those that don't hear must feel. That's what yeah. seems to be the consensus. Um, and also, at the same time, as crazy as it sounds, I'm kind of glad this is happening because it's exposing what people go through. 
on hundred percent because we talk about this. We, work. we talk about this so much, but people never see it. And I don't know how you feel about this, but looking at other professions, nursing, a lot of healthcare get treated like absolute poo in comparison well in this this country yeah yeah no i mean in in the uk in comparison to if you were to compare it to places like the us or the middle east just by looking at our wages yeah then you also see like you know sometimes if you tell people you're a nurse they're a bit like why would you do that do you just like wipe people's bums all day and it's like that's not what i do yeah there's so much more so people just think like you know we're literally there to be people's handmaids and that's not the case. And but, it's finally but, but, coming out now. Yeah. The problem is, is that we're not respected in society. Even the government doesn't respect us. And that's why people can be so flammable with it and so haphazard. Because they don't take it seriously because they know we're not taken seriously by anyone. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to stand out here and start clapping again on Thursdays. <sighs> Honestly. Why? Who asked when for I, that? When I saw that today... I've never wanted to chuck something out of my, my issue, window my, before. My, my issue is, it's cold. Do you want you? Do you not want to get COVID? This is my point. So everyone's gonna. No, un- you're gonna get sick and go outside and get the breeze lick you, and then you're gonna come inside and cough and splutter. Exactly. And then you're gonna worry it's COVID, and you're gonna go and get te- like. Ugh. If you listen to this the day it's released, it will be Thursday, the day that sadly clap for the clap for heroes is back again. Let's see at eight pm when people are back out with their pots and pans. I like. We don't want that, want that. And if you've seen, and if you follow me, Jerry, on Instagram, you'd have seen I put a post up saying, run me my money. I don't want your claps. Like, yes, you're, you're being thankful for all the hard work that the NHS do and the other supporting companies that help with that. But long term wise, you're still doing the exact same things. You're still coming to a and you're still shouting at us shouting at us on the wards or whatever that things aren't being done quick enough that at 8pm you're going to be here clapping for heroes yeah and also the same way is if you're not following the rules and breaking them continuously then you shouldn't be a hypocrite just sit in your house honestly um and and and, and not to say that we're all perfect that everyone has followed the rules to the t no because we're not going to be here and be on our high horse no things mm-hmm. have happened where you might have run quickly to go and do something or it has happened. We're humans. We will break rules. That's, that's yeah. nothing that just happens. But at the end of the day, you have to, you have to be sensible and make good judgment calls mm-hmm. and think about, I just have to make do. I have to sacrifice now so I can be alive and well later. Exactly. Um, but like I said, it seems the running theme is those that, those that don't hear must feel, unfortunately. And you don't want to, but I feel like, it's got to a point where people like they almost want to see they they need to experience they need to see it for them to accept that it can happen or it has happened or it is happening honestly Um, because that's the only way people are going to learn and actually take what we're saying seriously and what i mean by what we're saying it's not just me and diane but like what other healthcare professionals and just other people in general are putting up on social like social media is a big platform there's many different platforms within social media. And yes, there is fake news and all sorts, but people are putting some very vital information up, information up that people are just bypassing. Yeah, and exactly. like, if you're one of those people and you're having to listen to a podcast, I definitely think you should really take a back seat and truly look at what's going on. 
when have we ever had a national national lockdown in well in my last 28 slash nine years of life i have never seen a national lockdown happen here in the uk in the space of a year there has been three this is not normal for us this is not normal living yes i don't think we're going to ever return back to pre-covid times but for us to at least move from here some steps have to be made and we have to be willing to do it together yeah definitely but i i do think the government needs to be more transparent they need to be a lot more honest with people they need Mm. to get people on board in a better way they need to be on ground don't just go visit hospitals and wear masks you need to do something because you're not going to have any healthcare system left and i don't know what the bigger plan is Um, but 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 to me i find it concerning that we're back to square one how 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 have we got so bad yet we've had lived with the virus for one year but we're we're not even where we're in the beginning we're worse we're worse we're like where italy and spain were that's where we are now a year later we thought that it wasn't bad here so you know we could continue living life look what we've seen what lessons have we learned last year none We've done nothing. Like to me, like I don't understand because if if I'm reading reports of the oh, there's a thousand people died every are dying every day now, then what would it be saying? What did we sit in lockdown for all of last year? Then what were we doing? Nothing's better. Nothing has improved. Why? Why? Because people are doing this. Like people aren't taking it seriously. And whether you're the government, or not, the, the, gov- the government aren't taking it seriously enough. They're not. They're not doing enough to stop. If they want us to stop, they need to do more. As in, and, don't sorry, let people fly out. Don't let people fly out. If they're not going to work, why are they going out of the country? Do you know what? In line with what you said, Diane, I definitely think that, the gov- like you said, the government don't care. And if the they government don't. are showing, like, you know, oh, we can let our NHS suffer, they'll be fine. Despite, like, despite them crumbling, they'll be fine. Or, you know, healthcare is an unskilled job, whatever. I just wonder, like, do they really sit and think and what and ponder on what they truly say? Because I can't lie, the work we're doing in all all in all ways of nursing, medical, dental, whatever, people are working extra hard, twice as hard as they ever have done in their lives. And if they're not going to take us seriously, how can we expect the people of the land to? If our government doesn't treat us with respect, no, they don't. They 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 say that we want this to go we're doing all we can no you're not Are people you? can drive people can drive from london to birmingham people can drive between tiers and no, nothing happens to them people can fly out and come back as they want nothing happens to them people can throw parties and none of them i didn't see you should you should have fined all of them exactly every single individual should have got a fine and should have got a mark on their name in some way that you broke a rule you you did this you sorry now it's come to the point where you have to be a bit ruthless if you're going to have a society ever come back again. Honestly, I know this is a bit off topic, but did you see like, the articles about the lady that went to Dubai? I mean, not Dubai. She went to Barbados with her partner who tested positive and yeah. they tried to leave the country. Look yeah. at how the government, the, Bar- oh, the Bayesian government, are dealing <laughs> with them. And what, what does our government do here? Nothing. They would have got on the plane if it was here. Honestly. And been fine. No one would be chasing them. Nothing. Boy, 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 boy. I can only hope 
that you know 2021 has bigger and better things for us and in terms of COVID-19 somehow some way we can somewhat eradicate it to a certain extent but for now guys I think it's literally buckle up so it's going to get harder but we can do this together if we all work together I don't know if it'll get harder I think people have to now make decisions of am I going to take the vaccine or not yeah and um, that's, I think, the first decision that everyone needs to decide. I think the younger population will be at, will be at the end of getting it because we're not mm-hmm. that high risk, supposedly. Um, but everything must come to an end. I firmly yeah. believe that. My dad always tells me that. And it will. It has to end. It cannot continue. Exactly. Um, there's only so much furlough. There's only so much money that can be given. There's only so much we can be living on borrowed time. The credit card has to snap eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just have to learn to live with it and and it's important to know if you look at history pandemics happen every I think is it how many like every years? 70 uh, years or 100 or 200 or, years something, yeah, like that. something like that so this has happened before we just haven't lived in it exactly it was the Spanish flu last time the Spanish yeah. flu and I wouldn't I personally wouldn't call the second world war a pandemic but that was also a very troubled time for the world and you know people made it through people have lived through and have been able to tell us the tales so we yeah. all get through this it just depends on how badly we want to do it and how and whether we're going to work towards it with that being said we all have to work together yeah as much as possible and i think um people need to utilize support services doing things that you can enjoy from within your home um, trying to, I guess, make the most of a bad situation, which is really hard to tell someone mm-hmm. when you're so tired and you're so frustrated and you're emotionally drained. Yeah. But it's the only sound piece of advice I can personally give, mm-hmm. because if not, we'll have more. De- we'll have more destruction. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll have more destruction. But boy. I think that kind of sums up all of that we've got for this week's episode. I can definitely say we came back with a bang because we have been given a bang. Yeah, a lot of ammunition. <laughs> and like me and Diane have pretty much said throughout the podcast, like guys, you just have to protect yourselves and protect your families, your colleagues and your patients. And don't put yourselves at risk. And, and also, if you get it, you get it. And yeah. it's knowing how to look after yourself, knowing what your signs and symptoms are, you know, knowing when to seek help. Because also people live in fear of, of, getting, of getting it, which is really scary. But, so in, but also the issue at hand is you might get it. Yeah. Um, and it's being realistic with that, that if it does happen, do I know what to do? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Let's see what happens. Watch the space, guys. But from the nursing handover team, you know, me and Diane, we've got so much planned for this year and we hope that you guys are ready to embark on this journey with us and we will continue to provide you with your weekly nursing news and some other gems that can help you guys get through your nursing your nursing healthcare whatever career really (laughs) yeah and we're going to be home so you can always rewind it back to the beginning Mm -hmm. so you can catch up to to this point so exactly. we are right now. So here we are, guys. Be prepared for what 2021 has to offer. 
and I'm hoping that like this year we can do some live shows and stuff like this. Like I don't know how possible physical live shows can be, but you know, whether it's on Zoom or whatever, like we want to connect with you guys just as much because we're here because of you. Yeah, definitely. So hit us up. We will continue sending our love. If you ever want to contact Diane and I separately, you can reach Diane on Instagram at it's DD. No, no, it's not it's just DD looks. Yes. And and for me, Jerry, it's Jelly Bean with three L's and two A's because you know everyone must let's be different. (laughs) (laughs) And you can hit us up on our Twitter account, which is at no, which yeah, which is at the underscore handover yeah instagram page which is you know the nursing handover podcast and if you want to hit us up on email our email address is at the nursing handover podcast at gmail.com gmail.com yeah so feel free to hit us up separately privately to together however we're happy to hear from you guys and we'll be back next week with another episode yeah so stay tuned stay safe keep warm exactly (laughs) (laughs) i didn't have a comeback but yeah guys take care and we'll be back next week bye guys bye